All right, so here's the deal. They proceeded to tell me, hey, you're a crappy roommate, but you don't have to be. You're being a crappy roommate. We're hoping for something higher, but at this juncture, you're being a crappy roommate. What do you think my response was? You know what? You're totally right. I think I should just go buy toilet paper. I never thought that before. Thank you so much. Please forgive me. No. It was, so you don't love me and you don't want me here at all then, I guess. I guess you just don't want me here. Like, you're already like not taking care of anything. And then, that's where I went. And that's what our flesh loves to do. It loves to take somebody's invitation to go higher and maybe take on more responsibility, possibly even outside of what we think we can handle. But it's an invitation most of the time they're also saying, and I'll walk you, I'll walk with you through it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we like to say, well, since I can't control it and I can't see it, then it's impossible, so you don't love me, and, and we turn it all into the negative. Yeah. Hey, if you have faith that you will overcome this, you will. So you're saying that if, if the people that died because of that, they didn't have enough faith, you're saying it's their fault? No, never said that, actually. I said that you have an invitation into a greater revelation. And there's fruit that will come out of it. That's it. But the legalist likes to take it to the whole other place that will actually stop them from even walking into it in the first place. Right? Okay. So I want to say this much. Now I'm going to say something that's going to... I'm going to say something in the exact vein of everything I've just ex ex explained. If you don't come to the honors banquet because you have work, you have responsibility, you have whatever it is that you've committed to before, you are saying that that thing is more important to you than going to the honors banquet. Not that that's supposed to be like a thing that like you should feel super guilty about. See, the flesh wants to turn that into a condemnation. Not at all. That's totally fine. Like, if, if, if the thing, if, if, if you know that God is telling you, that is the most important thing here, to not go to the honors banquet because this other thing is important or is necessary, then be honored. Like, you know, you don't have to be in the room to be honored. It's just an invitation to be in the room. That's it. It's not a rule. When I say it's the closest thing we ever have to, a, to, um, uh, to mandatory, that I didn't say it's mandatory. It's just the closest thing we have to mandatory. It's like, like if you ever, if you ever have any kind of mechanism where like I have to do what my pastor says, then come to the honors banquet. Okay. I mean, whatever. You know, I'd rather. You know, but but I'm, that's kind of tongue in cheek. Obviously, if you know what's happening here. So, I just want to say, if you cannot make it to the honors banquet. It's because it's not, it doesn't mean you're chained to a wall and you're in prison. In fact, I have a feeling that if you are chained to a wall in prison, between now and then, you probably might still get to the honors bank. Um, I just want to say that whatever it is, if you think it's impossible, it might be simply because the thing itself, internally, there's a rule. This cannot happen. So I, because that can't happen, I can't go to the honors bank because. You guys, it's okay. It's just okay. You are free. That's what we're talking about here. Freedom. Right? Not restrictives. So when I say we're not going to change it, it's because I hear from the Lord not to change it. It's okay. We don't have to deal with the practice of all that. I already talked to the goes. They're totally down for the date. We're already worked out. And it doesn't mean that it's impossible to change it. But um, I think it's a distraction trying to change it, to be perfectly honest with you. So that's it. So that's done. I'm just saying. That's at 6 o'clock. Friday the 13th, it's in the email you just guys got last night or the night before. Um, how many have already voted for that? Yes. No, it's okay. It's okay. If you haven't, uh, it's all right. I know, but Rachel and I collecting them, because we're the ones that are telling Yes. 
Okay. Um. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I was I was razzing with that. Yeah. Sure. Great. So by the time we're done here tonight, today, hope we don't get done tonight. Um. Listen, I mean, this is some severe supernatural situation. Jesus, okay. Yeah, um, okay. Tammy, the owner, walks in. Okay. Um, all right, so uh, Caleb and Nicole, I'm sorry. Caleb, I say that, I say that, that five-syllable thing there a lot. Okay, <laughs> Caleb and Jacqueline um, will be coming whenever they do, and um, Caleb printed out uh, the ballots. So let me tell you what that is. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the owner's banquet, and then we're going to put this practice down, and we're going to get into straight-up deposit, okay? Okay, wow. Um, man, there's a lot here. Okay. Well, before I can get there. I, I, I started going there and had in my head. Okay, here's the deal. Um, for those of you who have, have you ever been to an honors banquet before? Okay, great. For those of you who haven't, and for those of you who have, it's a nice re reminder. We are not coming to the honors banquet to be honored. Are we all on the same page with this? You know where I'm going with this? We're going to honor. That's the point. Outdo one another in honor. Not compete to see who gets it. All right? Katie and I have excluded ourselves from any of the things. It's not false humility. It's because I know that, that, that honoring your leaders is a biblical thing. And that is not what we're doing there. I feel, we feel honored all the time. Like, okay, so, we, I know, I know. So we, we feel honored all, so coming back, coming back. So we feel honored all the time. Um, a lot of you actually tithe and, uh, and give. I don't mean actually meaning those that you don't. You know what I'm saying. I hope you know what I'm saying. Okay. Sheesh. There's another one of those. Some of you actually tithe, meaning like the courage and whatever that is to do that. It's amazing. And what happens is, is now Katie and I can actually full-time do this. That's one of the reasons why there's so much life here is because we're, this isn't our part-time job, quote-unquote. Like my life is dedicated to people's lives. That means I sometimes get calls at 2 a.m. or somebody shows up at my doorstep at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> it's just what happens. It's like, can you imagine if I was a roofer and he showed up at 4 o'clock in the morning at my house? I'd be like, oh, damn. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm not going to get much sleep. Like, I'm like leaning on the supernatural or whatever that is, you know? And so um, I want to say something else. Um, it's a little side funny thing because I just mentioned it. When somebody sneezes in church, I notice that people are so beholden to say bless you when somebody churches, that if somebody has a sneezing attack, it's just a grenade into the middle of the service. Sneeze! But if somebody blessed that guy or girl, it's okay to just continue to be engaged in the situation. It's like, it's like a societal thing. It's like, is it bless you? Bless you. But it's like, the last three minutes, if this dude's had a sneezing attack, it's like amazing. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. And have you ever heard me call it the candy wrapper thing? When somebody's like thinking that if they open the candy wrapper in five minutes, that it's not distracting, you're just distracting people longer. Just pop, you're done. You know what I mean? So it's okay. I just want to say that. Okay, now, now, so, so coming back into the situation, I'm just, just a little commercial there. Look, the honors banquet number one, we are going to honor. You're showing up there to honor. Ask the Lord what he wants to do through you at the honors bank yes. that you need it. You know what I mean? I don't mean do a presentation, okay? The presentation is already taken care of, okay? Um, I don't mean read a, read a poem or something for everybody. What I mean is, is, is specifically how do I honor people? How do I honor this person? God might put someone on your heart. Whatever that may be, how do you honor the way they would want it? Not the way you can creatively express, but how they would want it. How do you honor them, not you and them at the same time? See what I'm saying? 
Okay. So that's number one for the honors banquet. You're coming there to honor. This is why we're doing this. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and number two with the honors banquet is this is the time to really honor the honoring with actually even you. And what I mean by that is your appearance. Show up. If you don't have the money, you don't have all that stuff, let people know. But let, let this be a very special occasion. Let this be where you break out of that whole, like, British and busted, everything's, like, dull colors, and, yeah, I feel beautiful, but also kind of broken, so I have to, like, get both at the same time, and, <laughs> just, like, let's get back to royalty, okay? Yes! Royalty, okay? Not, like, like, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, just Pride and Prejudice, okay? Like, we're, 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 we're showing up, actually, in royalty, okay? You know what I'm saying? Okay, it's amazing. And so I just want to say, like, um, like the muted colors and the, and the worn fabrics and everything looking very, like, used and broken, it's because this generation feels used and broken. And beauty in a generation usually looks like the principalities that are attacking it. Like in the 20s, what was beautiful is for women to look like little boys. Bowl cuts, no curves, and super, like, skinny and like awkward and like like wondering because that that is when pedophilia was at its height in America what I want to say is you can go through every single generation like that and see it on um, the sexual revolution or whatever in the 70s and all of a sudden super curves and like what up and that whole thing you know is like it was like disco man it was like way intense beauty in the honors banquet is royalty extravagance. We're going to feast, not fast. We're going to live in extravagance in that situation, even if it challenges what we think the ceiling to that is. Mm -hmm. Even if it's, well, well, who's to say that that's beautiful? That statement is usually the people under the principality say. Well, who's to say that this isn't beautiful? God, like himself, saying, I want the fullness for you. Yeah. Not the partial, mixed in, not mixture. Yeah. I want the fullness for you. I want, I want, like when he says clothed in white, he didn't say off-white. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm saying that he does have this thing that, that, that will liken to heaven. And my encouragement is on Friday the 13th, October, in Roseville. You have the address and an email now. If you still need it and you don't get the emails, by all means, for the love of God, get on the email list at this point. Um, uh... Show up extravagant. If you don't have the money to show up extravagant, or you think you don't, um, maybe you do and you don't want to spend it, or whatever that is. I don't know whatever it is, but we can all help each other do that. That's that's my hope, okay? I don't want to get too into the practice of honors bank, but we can talk about it after. I, those are the two things I wanted to, to, to really encourage us with. Extravagance, extravagance, and you're not showing up to be honored. You're showing up to show honor, okay? Beautiful. I'm going to transition, and it's about to get all bucky. Yeah! <laughs> okay. Wow, I have a lot. I'm literally like, God, what on earth do you want me to do to somehow sew this into a small situation? Like, how do you encapsulate what's happening? And he's like, just go, I'll leave. Great. Whew. Okay. Man! I have more life and more encouragement, and, um, and... <laughs> There's so many in all those two words already. I have not been like this in a very long time. Um, but I was telling Caleb, and this is this is just something Katie and I have walked through, but we um 
you know, I, ha I don't think I've been here since I was a first year intern, to be perfectly honest with you. Wow. I mean, for those of you who know what that means, dang, okay? What is that, like 13 years ago, 14 yeah. years ago? Yeah. Um, there's this place where I, when I got saved, all of a sudden God's like, oh, awesome. You thought you had all that power and all this weird crap and all this stuff because the demons were handed it to you, and I pulled, I pulled that off. Let me show you what that really looks like. Dang. You thought you had happiness? No, you just had the external appearance of happiness. You, you thought you had power? No, you just, you just looked like you had power. Because I was a New Ager. It's all about what you look like. In fact, when the New Agers come into the church, their biggest gripe that they don't even realize they're even saying is, why doesn't this look more holy? Why doesn't this look more spiritual? What? Well, maybe because he's curing you of your, your of outward appearance thing. You know, like maybe it's like the, the, the appearance of godliness, but denying the very power that creates godliness. And so, um, uh, a lot of the times, what, what, what the flesh likes to do is find a room that will actually allow us to fake it for a while. We would never say those words. But if it's only external, then you could all, all you have to do is conform to what it looks like, and you're golden. And then all of a sudden, no one will be calling you out on the inside. Mm -hmm. But the fruit of your life, the fruit of the Spirit, patience, peace, kindness, forgiveness, all those other beautiful things, self-control, all those beautiful fruit of the Spirit... Um, what I'd love to say, too, is that fruit is not plural there. Just a little side little thing. It's the fruit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. The flavors of that fruit. Patience, peace, kindness. The word, the word fruit there is not plural. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's this, it's this beautiful thing, and who's eating it? Well, it's for Jesus. But, you know, so, so he's literally tasting the fruit of our lives. It's amazing. But also the people around us are tasting the fruit of our life. Even ourselves are tasting the fruit of our life. It's totally amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Somebody tell me what to do! <laughs> so, um, alright, so now, what I want to say is this. That um, as we are walking in this situation, as we're walking in life with Christ, we're, we're, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Amen? Amen. Yeah. That means one foot is outside of time, right? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Yes. I don't mean like which foot. I'm, you know. <laughs> okay. So, okay. And, I, and so that means that one, uh, like a part of us, the eternal part is seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means we're walking here in this body, this mortal body. Um, man. So, here's the deal. Romans 8. Interns, raise your hand from the Rock and Rosal back in the day. You, you memorized Romans 8, right? Uh -huh. no. I'm about to break some... <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, check this out. I'm gonna, but, but, you understand, but you've read Romans 8. That's the only point. That's all I'm trying to get at. Romans 8. Okay. What I'm trying to make a point in is that every one of you that have read that, I'm going to hand you something that's straight up taught in that that you probably never saw. In fact... I was actually being taught this five days ago, and I turned to Bo, and I'm like, where does the Bible teach that? <laughs> He's like, oh, Romans 8, and kept looking, and I'm like, you have no idea how long I've been in Romans 8. Like, when you just, you could have said any other scripture, and I'm like, oh, maybe. You say Romans 8, I'm like, no. <laughs> it doesn't say that. Until I went there, and it says the exact very thing. What? I'm like, like, how on earth did I miss that? Like, I don't understand how I missed that. This is next level. Okay, so, I'm going to start out with something. 
I'm going to go back to that legalist thing, and I'm going to build up to what I'm about to tell you, that you will think I'm handing you another legalistic rule, but you can't find the restrictive rule I'm telling you in it, which means it's your flesh fighting it. Okay, you got that? Are we on the same page now? Are we on the same page? Okay, be ready for it, because it's coming. You'll feel it. I felt it. All right. I'm going to start with this. When you got saved, you were told that you were a sinner, and you would go to hell unless you had Jesus. I hope. Now, at a certain point, you had to say, and they're like, look, Jesus is giving you life and that abundantly, and he just he's inviting you in. He will cover your sin. He will pardon everything you ever do wrong. And once again, you will then find yourself, not once again, but you will find yourself in a right standing with the Lord, and you will never have to worry about it again. And then the legalist shows up that doesn't want to submit and doesn't want to humble themselves and doesn't want to submit to that and says, so you're saying that Jesus is the only way? So you're saying that, like, I'm going to go to hell if I don't do this? Yes. I'm saying that if you just receive it, you will have it. Yeah. So you're saying that basically it's, this is injustice. This is higher than what I already know, so it's wrong. And that's, that's the, the, those who are hard to the gospel. They, they don't like the idea they would have to go through someone other than themselves. They don't like the idea that, um... Totally, the Machibaka. <laughs> and, um, it's Machibaka. Now, what they don't like is, the, uh, is that idea. And what, what happens is, is the legalist inside of them, the internal lawyer, will then decide, you know what? This is restrictive and it's imprisoning. But you keep handing them something that's freeing and life-giving. Because all they can do is use math and physics and comparative to make sure that they can figure out a way where this is wrong so they don't have to have it. Now I'm going to fast forward. At a certain point, you were told that if you believe, you will be healed of something. Like You're invited into a faith acceleration, a faith increase, where you will actually make, it will make sense all of a sudden. Dink! Oh my goodness, this thing has been plaguing me. It's no longer a part of me. This is ridiculous. This has no place in here. And now I have the, I have the belief to kill it. Let me, let me, let me sat satisfy another thing here. Faith and belief are different. Let me prove it. Faith is something God gives, right? God has given everybody yep. a measure of faith. That means it is beyond your ability to increase or decrease. That's why they said, Lord, increase our faith. And then the Lord instead didn't say, okay. He said, everyone has been handed a measure of faith, gifted, handed, bequeathed. It's yours from the Lord. The Lord never said, have more faith and this will happen. You can't find it. But he did say, believe and this will happen. Believe is your job. Belief is, is when you're linking up with the measure of faith that's happened. And you're yes. like, and that is the active part of faith. Yes. And because these aren't, uh, these aren't made a delineation, people get confused with this whole thing. And it lets that whole legalistic thing show right up in the very middle of it. And so all of a sudden, believe and you will be healed. So you're saying, if I'm not healed, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't have enough faith. Is that what you're saying? If I'm not healed, then I don't have enough faith. Once again, that thing shows up. You were handed a free, non-restrictive, and the flesh turned it into a restrictive law. Yeah. So you don't have to receive it. This is very key, because I'm about to go somewhere else that's going to do it right now. Yeah. Okay? 
Alright. Not not exactly where you think I'm gonna go because I think that's a, a long-term revelation. I will lose the third. Okay. Um, <laughs> really. Um, if you have questions about that, you can talk to me, but unfortunately the third was probably the one people with the questions, and so we're just we're gonna hit this slowly. Okay. Romans 8. Go to Romans 8. Yes. I don't know if you have anything to go to Romans 8 with, but we just, we'll just find it. Romans 8. Open that bad boy up. Romans 8. Jesus! Yes! Holy gravy! Okay. Okay, wow. Man, there's a... I can't even explain what's happening right now. Okay, okay, we're at Romans 8. I think it's 11. I don't want everybody to read me Romans 11. Can you just tell me what Romans 8, 11 says? Romans 8.11. And just keep reading. I'll stop you when it's done. Can you, can you read all loud and get all crazy? Yeah. Thank you so much. Ah, <laughs> oh, I don't know about crazy. I'll try. Yeah, you got this. Romans 8. Okay. <clears throat> if the spirit of him who... Oh. Sorry, guys. Here, I got a text. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. There it is. What did you get out of that? This is not a discussion. That's okay. I mean, if, if you know, we're hanging out in the living room or whatever, but I really think this is a deposit situation, and that's why I, you know, okay. Wow, okay. Before that, it says your bodies are dead because of sin. Right before that. Go back to Romans 8 9. I think it's Romans 8 9, my Romans 8 10. Can you go to Romans 8 9? What does it say? Oh. Uh, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you... That's the point. Now keep going. Mm -hmm. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Okay, keep going. But if Christ is in you... Okay, great. I think it's back before that. Then. No, it's right there. Okay, keep yeah. going. Sorry. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. <laughs> now keep reading. Now keep reading. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Will give life to your mortal bodies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now I'm about to go somewhere. I warned you ahead of time what's going to happen in the soul. I warned you ahead of time. It happened at salvation. It happened at the healing thing. It happened at grace revelation. It happened all these different places. It's going to happen here. Let's go. Your flesh will hate this. And your spirit knows it's true. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Lord, Jesus. I'm just going to ask to do something. If you have a prayer language, just start using it right now. Just just, please just go. I'm you out. I don't care. Just... <laughs> I don't care about the theology of tongues. Just use it. Okay, thank you. Food. Ah, oh, yes. Lord. <laughs> Food. Love 
Look, I'm gonna link this with food in a second, and it's gonna get all crazy. You're gonna see all this straight legalism just be like, <laughs> all over the place, okay? Because we are under a spirit, a principality that worships food today. Yeah. Almost every one of you have food rules that you didn't have ten years ago, Thank you. and they haven't helped you a single thing. All they've done is prove that symptoms that showed up right when that thing tried to show up are being taken care of by it. I'll get there in a second. All right. Please do. This is not legalism, though. Didn't you already feel it, though? It has to be legalist. It has to be a law. There has to be a law in here somewhere. Already. <laughs> you know what that is? Already, I'm, I'm touching, I'm pushing on our worship of the God of food. That's right. I'm already touching it. So let me keep going now. And, I'm, and, and don't think this is for everybody else. I want you to stay with you, okay? Yeah, those people over there. <laughs> Just stay here. You know, I'm not saying everybody, every one of you deals with da 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 da, but I know for a fact that a lot of us do. Yep. We've all had conversations, okay? But, so just bear with me. The, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead mm-hmm. <laughs> dwells in you, he will also give life to your mortal bodies. Life to your mortal bodies. Now listen. It's about to get crazy. Could it be that the same power that when you put your hand on somebody and their leg grows out, their bone heals, their eyes are restored, they're even raised from the dead, is the same life that will sustain you and is sustaining every breath in your body right now. I'm not just getting poetic. I'm being practical. Yes. Could it be that there is an invitation in, the, in, in faith, in the spirit, that you will actually be able to walk unnourished. I'm not saying don't eat food. I'm saying, though, unnourished. Literally no food, no water. Even like 40 days. I'm not going to require it. Nothing like that. No loss. The possibility mm-hmm. that that's actually humanly possible. That he actually transcends mitochondrial release and protein synthesis and the need for vitamin A and all this weird stuff. That somehow this is so much higher than I can't eat this because I get these symptoms. Maybe the symptoms are actually supposed to be attacked in this manner. That maybe the the spirit that gives your body life is actually the one to remove the symptoms itself. Yes. Instead of, now you can't do this, and now you can't eat this, and now you can't do this, and guess what? Now that you don't eat that, now guess what? There's more things you can't do now. Now you can't eat this and this and this, and now there's more symptoms. And guess what? I'm going to make a culture that will make you feel special for that. Yes. I'm actually going to promise you greater approval because of that. It's a promise. It's an idol. It's a straight idol. It tells you you will get love, acceptance, you will be special, you will be unique. It'll be something you can brag about, something you can talk about with people. Whatever. The point is, is that now what's, what it's all about, what I'm talking right now, that thing is a freaking idol. It's an idol. It is an idol. Just exactly like when you go to India and they're whacking chickens in front of Shiva. Just like when you show up and like the, the Federal Reserve or whatever, like people's money, people's whatever it is, it's an idol. And you will always become like the idols you serve. I just right. quoted the Bible. Thank you. I think it's in Jeremiah. You will always become like the idols you serve. Blind, deaf. Blind, deaf, and mute. Listen, and I'm talking about spiritual realities. Still, just bear with me here. Okay? And I have not handed a restrictive law yet. <laughs> if you don't want to eat gluten, don't eat gluten. If you think you can't eat gluten, you're in bondage. That's right. Yeah. 
I'm not, and once again, I have not added a single restriction yet. You can do whatever you want, but do it unto the Lord. Yes. That's the point. You do it unto the Lord. And a lot of the times we're told, well, you can't do this. You know, like, well, it, we just don't make wheat the way it is today, the way it used to be, and all these other things. Let me just clear up something. When the gospel was spread, the Great Commission was handed. Like, I recommend looking through your dietary restrictions through the lens of the Great Commission. There you go. Go out and preach the gospel to all things, which is totally amazing. It didn't say people, it said all things. The literal translation is literally all things. Why would he say that? Number one, then he starts linking it with your bodily situations. You will be, you'll pick up vipers, meaning you'll get bit, and, and you'll, you'll be totally unharmed. You'll drink deadly poison. Preach it! Drink deadly poison. Don't worry, I don't have arsenic back here, okay? <laughs> it's not, it's, not, Everybody it's not about trying to bring calamity into your life to see if God will show up. Because yeah, that's yeah. just testing the Lord. Yeah. Uh -huh. But we live on earth, you guys. Obviously, symptoms will show up. This will show up. All this stuff will show up. You don't have to go searching for it. It'll come to you. It's the controlling mind that, okay, I got this revelation. I have to get this revelation right now. So I have to apply it right now. Let's go try to find some trouble. That's the flesh, trying to, trying to take control of the situation. What I want to say is this, that if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies, why did he say mortal bodies? Why, did not, why didn't he just camp out at eternal life is after you die? Why didn't he camp out in, you know what? He will just make sure that you live forever in heaven. Why didn't he say that? Paul is very, very clear. Why did he say he will also give life to your mortal bodies? This is the same guy that is regularly praying over people and they're raising from the dead. He's regularly walking in that anointing. Now, today, I think what happens is, is we see it almost like, like we're playing a video game and we're like, we're like selecting different abilities. And that ability works in its confines in that video game. And now this is the gift of healing. And what I know about the gift of healing is this. It has a ceiling, it has a floor, it has walls, whatever. And so I can only operate in what I've been taught about healing. That's it. Smith Wigglesworth did not operate by that. Okay. No, John G. Lake did not operate by those, those confines. But yet, those are the heroes of the healing anointing. Mm -hmm. Go over to prophecy. Well, you know, prophecy is like, well, you know what I'm talking about. Like, like prophecy is whatever we've learned about prophecy, whatever we've been taught about prophecy. Yeah. Prophecy is this. You have people like, prophecy is, is always supposed to be encouraging. Read Jeremiah. Hey. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, this is PG-13 here, but like, you know, but like, it's in the actual translation of the book of Jeremiah. He's, he's, he's telling Israel, by the way, I'm still talking about this whole thing over here with yeah. spirit of life gives yeah. life to your mortal bodies. Okay, just, yeah. But I'm using examples here. Um, we still put parameters on pro on the prophetic. Prophetic always has to be encouraging. No dates, no mates, no babies. You hear all this stuff all the time. Can you show me that in the word, please? Well, you could get in trouble. Yeah, of course you can get in trouble. Like they tried to kill Elijah. They put uh, they put Jeremiah in jail. You either want to do this or you don't. You know, it's like it's one of those situations. You know, and and of course, I mean, there's grace for that too. It's not like all of a sudden, well, you suck because you don't want to go to jail for your prophetic word. That's not what I'm getting at. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that there's more than just what we try to put rules and boundaries on it when those rules and boundaries are not of the Lord. Is where I'm getting at. You know that Jeremiah literally told the nation of Israel? This is in the actual Hebrew translation. We dumbed it way down in all the English translations. The German translation got it closer because they're hardcore. But like, um, this is what it says. You say to me to be with you and to protect you. 
but your whorings, your your prostitution right. is like yeah. a sex crazed male donkey yeah. shooting semen all over the desert yeah. and laughing with it. Yeah. That is the literal translation of Jeremiah. Elijah, what's that man? Give me something. <laughs> that, is the, that is the literal translation, you guys. That's what Jeremiah said. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if, if was it Samuel that prayed over Hannah? No. Nathan that prayed over Hannah? Eli. Eli. No. Hannah. I'm sorry, Samuel is Samuel's Hannah's son. Okay, yeah. Eli. Okay, can you imagine if Eli hung out with no dates, no mates, no babies? You're not supposed to ever tell people they're going to have a baby. You're never ever supposed to tell somebody they're going to get married. You never ever give somebody a specific time or date. You have to remove like 50% of all prophecy out of the Bible. Exactly. Hmm. But yet a lot of the times when you're raised up in modern movements, they say no dates, no mates, no babies. It's yeah. just too messy. Or you, we could just train you to hear the voice of the Lord. Yes. And we could actually like go into freedom, right? Okay, so, so good. Right. <laughs> now in the same way, we put those same legalistic parameters on what it means to walk in the life and power of God when it comes to our mortal bodies. And most of the time, in today's life, in, in today's modern world, we actually take the limitations and the curses of what is believed in our humanistic, material-worshipping society and put them on ourselves and make those the limitations on what God can or cannot do. And our healing. Say that again, Brian. Sure, no problem. In, an, in, a, in, a, in a world that thinks that not eating wheat will somehow make you more healthy. Yeah. In a world that somehow thinks that if you eat organic versus conventional, it will make you more healthy. You can drink deadly poisons. What is a pesticide again? Can somebody just tell me? Exactly. What is it? Poison. A deadly poison. Okay, just checking. Just checking. Just, just making sure that we all are on the same page with that one. Okay, you can drink deadly poisons and not be affected. Now, I want to say this much. Now, once again, you're not going to get your restrictive rule in this, but your flesh is going to really want this to be one. If you don't have the faith revelation for this, then you are beholden to organic and not organic and not eating um, all these things and whatever. And, and, and God loves you and his grace will abound in whatever areas you do have the revelation or you want the revelation for him. Straight up. Because sometimes it's not like I don't have it. I actually don't want it. This feels wrong. It doesn't make any sense. I don't want it. And this is my point that I've been talking about from the very beginning. It happens to people that are getting saved. It happens to people finally when they finally get the grace revelation, or at least they're handed the grace revelation. They're handing more and more freedom. And you're, you're being called upward. You're being called upward over and over again. All of us. I'm being called upward over and over again. Yeah. Glory to glory. Faith yeah. to faith. Building on faith. Not like, well, this faith happened and then that's gone. And there's another faith that happens, but it's still exactly... No, no, no. Ever-increasing faith. Yeah. Right? Because your faith can't increase. He, he will increase it. He, he, he does that, ever-increasing faith. There's actually scriptures that say that he will increase the deposit he handed you. But belief is our, is our end. Belief is the agreement with the word of faith. That's what it is. It's actually a, an unto. Now, is this a law? No. It's an invitation. Absolutely. Are you less than? No. Just like, just like how I talk about giving here. Are you under a curse if you don't tithe? No. Because all curses were swallowed up in the cross. Oh, You'll say to me, well, isn't that in the book of Malachi? Malachi. Yeah, that was 400 years before the cross. Thank you. You're still talking about an unredeemed world mm. in that context. Yeah. And he actually is talking about 
the entire book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, actually, in, in that end part of Malachi. He says, Behold, I will send the spirit of Elijah that will turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers and the fathers back to the children, lest I strike a land with the curse. But he didn't strike a land with the curse. He sent John the Baptist, Amen. who Jesus himself said was the spirit of Elijah. So that's fulfilled already, right? Yeah. Then he says, And you, you will say to me, No, no, I will say, you, uh, something he was, And then I will say to you, But you have robbed me. How have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. And then he goes, look, test me in this. Bring all the things to the storehouse. And, blah, 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 you know, and, and, and Malachi 4, okay? And it's all about, like, like, see if I will not open the windows of blessing in your life. Right. See if I won't open so much that you won't even be, that your problem will no longer be how do we get it. It will be how do we contain it. Right? right? Okay. How many of you know that not a single blessing in the Old Testament was ever nullified by the cross? Not one. Mm -hmm. Right? But the curses were. Yeah, crazy. So all of a sudden, when you hear all this, like, like, you know what? If you, what is that? If uh, if you don't tithe, God's just gonna take it out in doctor bills, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you wanna you wanna tell me you wanna tell me that you know like and I I'm not mocking people, but I'm mocking this thing. Yeah. I'm saying this thing is not true. Okay. Yes. Like, you want to, and I'm not talking about giving. I'm not swayed over to giving. I'm just giving you another example of how this whole thing happens. Yeah. That whole thing, like, you know what? You, you want to you see how people are doing? Check their pocketbook. Like, just look at all their checks. Yeah, like, like just look at their tithe record. That'll tell you right now how they're doing. That is not true. Yeah. It didn't say, like, God, no, no, no. The, 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 Christ, the, the, the Christ man. The, the, the man Christ Jesus, the one slain before the foundations of the world, King Eternal, life to your mortal bodies is who is blessing you. And he's got little things like, I can tell you right now, like, would you feel blessed if you, you know what, screw this. Are you guys blessed? Yes. In, in your life. Well, that was really emphatic. Okay. Man, I, I was expecting like, yeah, man. Like, great. Right, yeah, we are, right? Yeah. I mean, compare yourselves to the world. If you are so blessed, it's crazy. When we go to Africa, they're like, Brian, how is it that all of the streets in America have no dust? Because they're looking at car commercials, you know. The streets are all wet. It's like, it's, it's like they're driving around a Lexus in the middle of the night, like downtown or whatever. It's like there's no dust. How is this possible? I'm like, look, man, it's just hundreds of years of concrete, man. I, I don't know what else to tell you, you know. Um, but look, then, then I'm telling them, like, every faucet in every city you can drink out of. Like, in the street, you just walk up and go, bonk, and just drink. And they're like, how is this possible? They don't charge you money. Well, they, they get you in another way, but, but that, that's, you know, you know, I mean, your, your taxes pay for the water thing. But, I mean, it's not a lot. You know, it's like a dollar a person a month, okay? But, um, and I'm, but I'm explaining that to them. And they're like, it's impossible. Like, they were, we would gladly pay, it was like 3,500 shillings as a dollar. We'd gladly pay 3,500 shillings just to have water. Just to have water. Yeah. They're like, what? And then how much more? I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, if any of you really want to drive a Lexus today, you can go do it. That's right. I mean, you might go into debt or whatever, but you will get into that car, and it will be yours, even if it's only for one month before they take it back, okay? <laughs> but you'll be able to do that. Like, we have so much abundance, it's crazy. I don't have to go into the abundance of the Western world, okay? You are thoroughly blessed. Now let's remove Western world. Let's just look at Earth. And let's just look at what you've been handed. You've been handed eternal life in Christ Jesus. You've been handed the authority over power, uh, over sickness, over princes and power yes. and authorities and heavenly Jesus. places. You've been handed even power over death itself. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
that is so <laughs> filled with with incredible things that I cannot get into right now when I just told you. Oh, okay, but I can say man. this much that, that literally when, when he says he gives life to your mortal bodies, um, there's, there's, there's scriptures about communion. He says, why would John the Beloved, I think it's 1 John, why would he say this? There's a reason why they're sick among you. Yeah. It's because you aren't in communion. You don't take communion. He's mm -hmm. talking about this. Yeah. When I finally did the research, he's talking about the, the blood, the, the, the body, the, the bread, mm -hmm. and then the wine. But what he's really talking about is the blood and body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know that whatever you're doing here, I hope, I don't even say you know. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. Whatever you do here has heavenly ramifications, whatever it is. Because you're a heavenly being. You're a spirit. You are. Okay? And you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You're outside of time. This is why you can know the future. Yeah. That's right. Okay, great. So, um, yeah, it's good. It's a good word. Okay. So, um, no. You're taking communion here on earth, and you are feasting on the body and blood of Christ in heaven. It, 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 of course it's a symbol here. Of course. But there's something trans-dimensionally happening if you want to get all like funny yeah. with the language. DNA. Whatever. Seriously, like... It's like, okay, what she just said, like the DNA. There's this whole idea of the monogene or whatever. And, then, and it's basically, somehow people are trying to scientifically ascertain what happens when you get healed. And you know what? That, that's a whole long like road fraught with a whole bunch of side roads that can get you off into a whole bunch of weird stuff. But I can say this much. That... When you pray for somebody's bone to be healed and it's healed right in front of you, what just happened there? When, like, my hand was broken, like, a year ago in front of my wife and, and Zach and Mitchell, and, like, this bone right here was completely, like, done, and I'm like, oh my, like, I'm still in shock so I can feel it to make sure, and I'm like, oh, you're destroyed. And, um, and, and I just, just decided to start um, playing worship for the first time again, um, like, seriously, like, with, with the upper room and whatnot. And God had called me. Well, what happened? They came in. They put their hands on me. And we watched the bone go, dink, and, and heal right in front of me. Now, and that's the third time that's happened to me in my life. Yeah. Kate, Katie was in Africa and saw this. I dropped a piece of wood way heavier than what you'd want to pick up. It's Because, you know, four by eight pieces of plywood, they're, like, really big. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. It's like one and a half of those window panes. But in Africa, they don't deal with inches. They deal with centimeters. And so we had one this thick. Oh. That is ridiculously heavy. If you haven't done construction and you haven't picked one up, maybe you might not know this, but that's about like the weight of like, I don't know, maybe like 200 pounds. Super heavy. And I'm carrying this thing, this other guy, and I've got flip-flops, and he's got boots. And he's like, come on, dude. And he's just like walking backwards. I'm like, oh, And I'm like, like in bushes and like, like in my flip-flops. And I catch on one. And right when I put my foot down, he pulls it out of my hand. Oh. And the corner goes all the way to the ground through my foot. Oh. The top of my foot. Well, <laughs> I'm supposed to be the guy that's staying there after everybody leaves. I'm the guy that's supposed to be the missionary on the ground in Africa while the rest of the team leaves, and I'm supposed to be there for two months. That's actually where Katie and I courted on the phone. I was in Africa. She was here. So I immediately hop. <laughs> um, probably like a good, like, I don't know how far that was. Probably the equivalent of like two three, blocks. two blocks. Hop on one foot. <laughs> All the way back there. And when I get there, it's Jill Prado, Katie, and then two other people. And Jill's like, if you know Jill, you'll think this is funny, probably. Um, she's like, what's going on? And I just put my foot up. And as soon as she sees my foot, she's like, 
<laughs> and she says she started laughing at it because it's like way outside of like like the acceptable parameters of like a healthy human being. And I'm like, this is out of control. And so usually she just, the first thing she does is start laughing. She's thoroughly anointed for healing, but that's the, usually her first response. Like, even when they were with the intern program, like hectic stuff. Like this person just did this. Like obviously not going to be an intern anymore. Like just way outside of like even legal boundaries. And the first thing she would do is just be like, <laughs> she put her pen down and just start hysterically laughing for a second, and then she'd stop and be like, okay, that is out of control. Like are you kidding? You know, it's just, it's just obvious. So she starts laughing. Katie's over here. We're not married yet. And then Jill asks me this question: What do you want us to do? She put it in my court. Well, I want you to bandage it and get me into a vehicle, and we need to drive to an ER. We need to... <laughs> now, I say that because that's what it sounded like to me, those thoughts, okay? That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. not what they sound like. We really have to take care of ourselves. <laughs> that thing is all anxiety, all fear. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, oh, I'm hurt! Okay, but instead, I'm like, no, I know what God's told me, and it's trumping all that voice over there. It's trumping that anxiety, fear, trying to grab onto anything it's ever learned and drive any, any control it has so it can finally be okay. It's like that thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know why I'm here. And so, and God at the same time, this is very important, was giving me a revelation of faith in that moment. Yeah. For all the ones that think I'm still preaching law or I'm about to go there. God did it. But I wasn't resisting it. My precedent wasn't resisting the faith and the revelation he was handing me at that moment. And this is what I'm trying to tap on today. Yeah. Okay? Now, <clears throat> what if I told you that every one of you can raise the dead? Right. Bullshit. What if I brought you into morgue tonight and told you to raise the dead? I would do it. Amen. Well, of course, some of you would be all freaking do it. Man. But some of you would be like, whoa, whoa hold on, wait, wait, slow down, just slow down, slow down. It's like when they're going to give the kids a shot on YouTube, like, oh, oh, Slow down. Okay, I don't know enough yet. I don't got this situation. But what if God is telling you to pray over somebody? You know, sometimes your heart starts beating and all that different stuff, and you're like, okay, should I do this? Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right? The whole thing is, like, oh, I just gotta give him this word. I don't want to give him the word. And maybe it's wrong. And then all of a sudden that voice starts showing, maybe it's wrong. Maybe you're gonna hurt their feelings. Maybe they're gonna hate Jesus more. If God's telling you to do it, I have a feeling he's got it. Yeah. If you're three years old and your dad yeah. says, go give that man a flower, I have a feeling you don't have to worry about your safety mm. giving the man a flower. That's yeah. yeah. a good thing. Okay. okay. Or how the man's going to take it. Who cares? Your dad's going to take care of it, right? He's not sitting you down or reading you a freaking book on why he wants you to give a flower to the man. Yeah. He doesn't need to. You're a kid. Yeah. Children of God? Great. Okay, now. All right. We do all this. We do all this regularly. Regularly. God is handing us a greater vision, and without even realizing, we said, nope, can't do that. Sometimes it's, that would be too weird, I don't even want it. But what's behind that? I'll get less love. I'll be less in control. I, 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 my, these people won't like me as much. These people won't love me as much. I won't be accepted in these circles anymore. Hallelujah. I want to make a, I want to make a dividing line between walking with God, and the pleasing of men. That's right. And a lot of the times, it's very, very not apparent that we're doing that. When we say, you know what, this isn't for me. That's not for me. What, what isn't for you? Raising the dead isn't for you? Like, 
His spirit giving you life, even if you're not eating food, isn't for you? How many of you, if, if somebody said, you know what, I want to give you an X-Men power, would say, no. I don't want it. But it's anyone you want. No, don't want it. Why? <laughs> I think the why would be a very good question. I don't want to get into a discussion, but I'm just saying, like, are you kidding? You know? Um, okay, now, I'm not saying that this is an X-Men power. I'm just using that as an example. I just got back from Canada, and I was on less than 16 ounces of water for two days straight. I walked over 17 miles. I ran. We were, like, with no ill effects. It's not like, okay, I'm doing it, but dang... I felt like I was more in shape than I've been since I was a skateboarder 19 years old. And, and symptoms in my body were disappearing, not increasing. And I don't want to get all biochemical because I've fasted before, okay? It's not like, well, you know, the, the mitochondria and the blah, 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 and like you weren't on food. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. You know how many times I've gone without food? I wasn't healed of long-term situations in my body. I did the math. You and I, we walked to Ikea from my house. I don't know if you know how far that is, but dang! <laughs> we walked to Ikea in West Sacramento from my house as far as distance. And it was snowing and sleeting, and I wasn't cold. Okay. Wearing what? I mean, I wasn't like this. I mean, I had my, like, whatever. But I'm trying to say, like... Yeah. I was wearing fall wear, not winter wear, okay? Yeah. It's like 25 degrees at night walking around Calgary, and I'm like, all right, you know, like, I got this, talking to my wife, you know. Um, I mean, I got some gloves. I'm not trying to, like, it's, I wasn't like the abominable snowman, whatever, but I, I got some gloves. Listen, what I saw next, can I talk about you? Okay. Um, so, what I saw next, because I was in this conference, and there was this dude, and it was amazing. <laughs> I should just say Jesus was there, and it was incredible. Um, and the guy was actually, like, teaching stuff that I probably only agreed, I only agreed with probably 95, or maybe like 85% of what he was talking about. It doesn't even matter. Jesus was fully honoring the room. Completely honoring the room. And then um, he was like, so who has black amalgam fillings? And all these hands go up, including Bo's. And then right in front of us, Bo had a gold tooth grow in. And that was amazing. And, um, yeah, that guy right there, still got it right there. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you want to look at it afterwards. I mean, your job probably hurts from us taking pictures from yesterday. But, um, okay. Now listen. What happened was, is, um, this guy, you know, he's from Sri Lanka. Um, his name's Kirby what? Whatever that last name is. And, I um, mean, they, they have a church called Wow Church. And, you know, I, I just want to say that, um, he's very much into being aware of what you're doing. That's, like, that's more than anything. But he links that with the belief, like, I want to be here with the word of God. Like, if you're telling me to pray over this person, I am want to, I'm in this situation with you. I don't want any part of me fighting you. I want to just be with you. And, it, and, and so the legalist will say, so you're saying I'm not accepted by the Lord if I... No, no, no. Grace abounds. There's no, there's no restrictive law here. But it's an invitation to just be with him or whatever he's doing. Because you know you have more joy when that happens. You know every part of your life starts getting more and more what you wish it would be if you're just walking with the Lord. And so, sure, and this is what discipleship is. It's stewarding people's freedoms. It's casting down everything that hinders love, everything that resists God. That's what discipleship is. It's not teaching you how to fit in better in a Christian community. I just want to say that. That's why most of y'all would have no idea who each other's were, except for Christ. Really, 
Okay. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Then him who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through Christ Jesus. I'm telling you that I was more alive without food. I'm not going to ever go to this place where you don't even eat food. Like, like, you should stop eating food. That's not what I'm saying. Sure, food's nutritious. Great. Your body has a whole bunch of natural things that, that, that processes protein, processes vitamins and minerals, enzymes, phytonutrients, the list goes on. Of course, you're a machine that does that, that is governed by a greater law above it. Yeah. Here's, the, here's what I'm saying. I'm going to touch this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mess with the, this whole law thing. I want you to run this through the same filters of when you got saved and you were told that you were being invited into life and you turned it into, so you're saying, I'm going to go to hell if I don't. Okay, well, why don't you just take the invitation? And then later, you're told, you can do whatever you want, and because of the blood of Christ, you are accepted. So you're saying that, that everybody just gets to sin, and they can do whatever they want all the time, and everybody's going to be just bedlam and chaos? No, that's not what we're saying. It's an invitation for you to receive that for yourself. Yeah. If you have faith, you will be healed. So you're saying, if I, so, so it's everybody's fault that they didn't get healed and they died? That's not what I'm saying. It's an invitation to a greater revelation to walk in faith. And now I'm saying... Your life is not sustained by food. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It just isn't. Your life isn't sustained by food. Right. So you're saying that blah, 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 like I'm just going to live on Twinkies and just like drink soda every single day and blah, 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 or just not eat food at all, right? Like I can just like, just blah, 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 like just no water, no food, like forever, blah, blah, blah. That's what you're saying. Well, not in that mentality, but um, um, I can say this much, that um, how did Moses live on 40 days, 40 nights, no food, no water? How did this dude Kirby go 40 days, 40 nights without water? Didn't he run a marathon during that? Three months. Yeah. Three months. National Geographic actually followed him around. Wait, what? Yeah, this is a documentary on this dude that I saw preached. He knows that the, that the, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is giving life to his mortal body, yeah. and it transcends yeah. water and food. Yeah. And he ran a marathon. Yeah. How many of you ever tried to run a half a marathon? A quarter <laughs> marathon. I mean, like, you're like, oh, Jesus. What the... Okay, and, and, and he ran a full-on marathon with no water, no food. What are we talking about? Yeah. And I don't mean for that day. It's impossible. It's physically impossible if you're only looking at your biomechanics. Exactly. Yeah. So now what am I saying? Have I added a single law yet? No. no. Good, thank you. Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> no, I mean, I know I haven't, but I'm just saying it's good to hear from the other side. Okay, um, now look, at a certain point, I was talking to Bo, Caleb, and um, Nora, about the situation. I almost said Nicole, because Caleb and Nicole, it's always, that, that, that sentence always... We're talking in the airport yesterday, and I'm like, dude, if I go here, if I have the brass nuts to walk into this situation and actually start talking about this radicalized idea of freedom, we might lose some people. Amen. And I was like, I don't want to lose a single human being. I don't want to do it but not at the expense of Please. pulling away yes. from this. Yeah. Please. And so I just want to say this. I, I told them, like, I hope this doesn't happen. I really do. But are you guys, I'm just getting started. Like, this yeah. isn't just ending today, okay? Like, you're going you're gonna to be invited into some severe things, and we're going to see some severe things. And I'm not making the gospel only about this. But I'm definitely going here for a while. Like, at least two or three weeks. I mean, like, you know what I mean? But um, so now I want to, um, I just want to say that... <laughs> You know, law is a potent thing, and people don't like people freer than them. Yeah. 
in the flesh. <laughs> the flesh, I want to say the flesh. I don't want to say people. I want to keep it at the flesh. The flesh hates the idea that someone can be freer than you. It hates it. And so it can even say, you know what? I, for some weird reason, I think the Lord's moving me on. I, I just, for some strange reason, I just, I don't think I'm supposed to go there anymore. You know, like, all of a sudden, like, you know, we've lost a couple people in the last year or two, and, and some of them, it's literally like the Lord is moving them on, coincidentally, in the week or two, that all of a sudden the thing that has dogged them their whole life is in love and gentleness and grace, all of a sudden being exposed and dealt with. And then coincidentally, the Lord is leading them on. Okay? And they find a whole new group of people that will take two years to get to know. And you know what? God covers that too. Yes, He does. God is absolutely gracious. There's not a single thing. In God's eyes, they are just beloved and amazing. Just like your kid, if you were like, you know what? I need to take you somewhere. But unfortunately, you're going to have to get a shot. Then I don't want to go. <laughs> what they don't realize is you're taking them to the country that they have. this kid has posters all over their wall about. And all they ever want to do is go to this one place. And you're like, I'm going to take you somewhere, but you got to get a shot first. But it's worth it. And if the main point is an eternal God saying, I want you to trust me and love me and know me even more. I want you to partake of my nature still more and more so that your life will be the fragrance of me for you and everyone around you. And we're like, yeah, but it means me having to let go of this one thing. I don't want to do it. What is he going to say? Well, then fine, I don't love you anymore. Of course not. You're still in the house with him. You're still hanging out. He's like, okay, sweetheart, no problem. And in his head, he's like, I'm going to get back to this and see if I want it again. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that's it. There's no lack of love. There's no loss because you never knew what you had. And I'm here to say that if you never grab a hold of this situation, guess what? In this one area that this situation is challenging, you get to stay exactly where you want. Yeah. That's it. And God totally loves you and it's amazing. Absolutely. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? How many, I mean, I think we've pretty much beat the dead horse as far as there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, okay? Like, it's, it's I mean, I know it's, it's something in the, in the human soul, which is why we keep touching on it. But he went to the cross to despise the shame, not to create it. That's right. Right? Okay. All right. Now, yeah, that thing is, shame, since Jesus on the cross, God has never wanted to use shame. Now, he will use all things for, for good to those who love God and are called to do his purpose, but that doesn't mean everything he's using is good. Right? Okay. I mean, he used Idi Amin slaughtering 30% of his entire populace in Uganda to bring about a revival that changed the entire continent of Africa. But that doesn't mean that he agreed with Idi Amin doing that. That's right. I mean, he didn't... He, didn't, uh, he used Christ on the cross, but it doesn't mean he, he, he uh, uh, appreciated the moral act of torturing and brutally murdering his son. But he used it. And in the same way, in the same way, for all of us in this room, we are being invited into something very grand and very beautiful. I can tell you right now, if you were in this room a year from now, and people are like, dude, I haven't eaten for 30 days. Um, I just got to deal with this. I just got to deal with this. This happened. Oh my goodness, what happened? Or somebody else is like, nothing about food. Somebody else is like, um, Christ gives life to my mortal body. That means Christ gives life to every mortal body. That means that I've been going around praying for people, and all of a sudden I've been seeing crazy signs and wonders. People coming in and getting saved, and they'll come in this room and be like, I don't know what happened. I was in Safeway my whole life, man. I was like raised in some weird other thing. And like, 
she prayed over me or whatever, and all of a sudden, like, I got up out of my wheelchair, and I'm all tripping, and then she led me to Jesus, and all of a sudden, he started talking to me, and now I'm here, and I'm totally whacked out. Yeah. All of us would want to go to a church like that. But if you notice, I linked it with certain revelation that we know we're not walking in. Yeah. I'm not saying God refuses to do anything unless we all grab this revelation. I just keep talking to that law thing. You know what I mean? That thing's real sneaky. I'm going to kill it, just cut its freaking head off, put a spear in its chest, but whatever. Okay. So, um, so, but I do want to say this much, that every single one of us is being called higher. Yeah. And I have a feeling it's not always going to be in the way we already understand. Or it wouldn't be higher. It's probably going to be in areas we don't already have revelation in. And that's okay. It's called mystery. That's right. Reveal of, revealer of mysteries. That's who he is. Right? One last thing. And then we're going to go to communion because, yes. Um, <laughs> that way of the wine? Um, I want to say this. That um, John 6. John 6. Um, can you just come up and read John 6? Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, before you do, I, I want to say this much. Communion is not just a symbol because we're not just on earth. If we were only on earth, the flesh loves to only look at the natural. So it's only the natural, then that makes total sense. But what's happening in your spirit when you're doing that? And what's happening in the spirit realm when you're doing that? Well, Jesus says that if you partake in my, in my eat of my flesh and drink my blood, this is a big deal. We're about to go here in a second. Um, communion, I'm going to get weird, you guys. We're going to yeah. communion every single Sunday. Yes! Yeah! yeah. yeah. Is that I'm gonna be that weird guy that's probably gonna be taking communion like three times a day. Hey, you yeah. the only one. I mean, sorry, sweetheart. Let's do it. But she's like, because I even told her, she's like, what? Are you gonna carry around a little thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yes. You guys, like, yes. you know, it's okay if we get weird. Yes. Yeah. And I don't mean like anti, like, there's not a single doctrine this is messing with. Does this have to do with how you're saved, how you walk with God, what he's been speaking the last two years to you, like what he's been doing? If you really just get out of the resistance mode and you go into it, you're going to be like, this is just a natural extension. Yeah. Yeah. What's the revelation of communion? Well, show up. Yeah. Context. Jesus sees the 5,000, and then he walks on water with his disciples, and then the next day they're all trying to find him, right? So the next day the crowd remained on the other side of the sea. Yada, 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 verse 25 in chapter 6. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you come here? This is after he already fed them. Natural food. Yeah, they, he already fed them natural food. Supernaturally increased natural food. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. And now they're trying to follow him. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Your natural hunger was satisfied do not work for the food that perishes, the food that gets old and moldy and perishes. Don't work for that food. But here's the food that he wants you to work for. Work for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. <laughs> One more thing. Because we went through this yesterday in the airport. That word, don't work for, it means don't serve. Mm -hmm. Don't serve. As an adult, as if it gives you power. Or yeah. So read that back in, but you support serve and that. Do not serve the food that perishes. Do not serve the force that perishes. Do not serve the food that perishes. 
serve. The food that endures to eternal life. The Son of Man will give it to you. When you get given something to give I know I'm doing all this. But no, you guys are talking. Yeah, it's good. You eat this food. It doesn't just perish and mold on the table. It perishes internally. You need more. Lobster and death. Right? But this food, when you eat it, Oh, yes. It just builds on itself. It doesn't ever yeah. go away. Sure. All of the, every single time you partake in his body and blood, it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. It just builds on itself. It's ever increasing. For on him, Jesus, Son of God, on him, here's the reason, because on him, the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what should we be doing to do the works of God? Give me something to do, Lord. Give me something right. to do. Yeah. Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, not your work. This is the work of God that you believe in Him. <laughs> yes. Ah, yes, I want you to track what I've been talking about in the scripture. This is what, yes. where we're going. That's the work. <laughs> that was good work. So they said to him in response, then what signs do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our fathers ate manna, ooh, manna, in the wilderness, as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Real food. Mm. They're trying to manipulate him to yeah. give them more bread. And, and if you remember the context of that all, he's like, they were all complaining about being hungry. Yeah. They wanted the food. But they were, Jesus was literally nurturing them with spiritual food and drink in the desert. Yeah. Manna was because they were complaining. Yes. Mercy. Constantly complaining. It was yeah. mercy. Yeah. And he's trying to prepare them for the promised land yeah. by giving them spiritual food. Because <laughs> he he's literally to wanting to do what we're talking about now yeah. for them in the desert. <laughs> and they were complaining and they got mad. It's the flesh. Jesus replied to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father presently gives you the bread from heaven. Yeah. Actively, presently, I am with you, gives you the bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes presently down from heaven and gives presently life to the world. Presently. It's not a past tense future. It's <laughs> then they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And like Brian pointed out, they're still thinking natural bread. He fed us yesterday. He's about to feed us again. He's feed us again. Yeah, they're literally thinking, well, you're saying you're always going to do this thing every day for us? You're just going to make food forever? Like, yeah. bread for us forever? <laughs> Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Yes. Whoever, whoever, whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. He's telling them this when they're hungry, physically. Imagine going somewhere and everybody's really hungry and you start telling them like I have food you don't know about <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people probably get mad you know, like, what are you talking about? I'm hungry, give me some food give me some water, whatever Okay. but I said to you Jesus talking to them, I said to you you have seen me and yet you do not believe all that the fathers all that the father in heaven, all that the father gives me come to me and whoever comes to me I'll never cast out how gracious is that? For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. 
this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all he, he has given to me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son of Man and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So yes, the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I'm the bread from heaven that came down from heaven. I'm the bread. They said, is this not Jesus, the natural son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he say, I'm, I've come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, don't grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I'll raise him up on the last day. It's written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who's heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he is from God. Only Jesus, you know, John 1.18, is the only one that's seen the Father and expressed him correctly. All the past has not expressed the heart of the Father correctly until you see Jesus. That's really important. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus to them, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Yes. Your fathers ate manna, natural food, <laughs> even the gift of natural food, because it's a gift. Natural food from is a total gift from heaven. They ate it, but they died. <laughs> Jesus telling them that. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. And like Brian pointed out, people are still trying to figure out the secret formula of manna. Because oh, they think it's going to like solve things. But it still passed away. It was perishing. It and was under the loss yeah. and death. Yeah. Yeah. And it died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and never die. Yeah. This is crazy. This is, he's not talking about die, go to heaven. He's saying never die. There's a, a lot of other translations that says live forever, just not die. Um, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever again. And the bread I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus is saying, the bread I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. He's saying, I'm taking that death. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. This is the life that I'm giving to you in exchange for my death. Yes. The Jews disputed among themselves. Everybody arguing. Everybody all around. And I was telling him historically, what would happen is there'd be a huge group. And the second there'd be a dispute, it's not like, like Europeanized where there's just the, okay, we'll get a debate team. And we'll hang out on the front, and everybody will watch. No, 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 no. You have 5,000 people all deciding to argue at the exact same time. That's what that was all of a sudden. I just want to say that. Just give you a little, little context of what Jesus is talking to. How can this man give us flesh to eat? Which this is actually what happens when this is talked about. Yeah. Keep going. So they're arguing about, how can he give us his flesh to eat? Jesus says to them after they quiet down, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever, now he changes the word now, instead of eat, now he says feeds. And if you do that, that's a very interesting... Feed means to gnaw, to yeah. crunch, to chew. Yeah. He changes it to this, because he's talking about this now. Yeah. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. We think that natural food yeah, that you yeah, taste yeah, is true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kat, this took me months to get. Like, I kept hearing that true food, true food. What? True food, real food. Oh, I've all, my whole life I've thought real food is just bread that you cook in the oven and pizza you eat from the store and, like, that's real food. No, no, no. That is that is a false counterfeit food. That is a shout <laughs> of the it, truth. It's oh. Yes! It agrees with your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That thing is just, it, it, it's in the confines of the, the rules that govern your oh, body God. in the natural world. Yeah. That's what food Jesus is. says that, or Paul says, by the Spirit, the stomach is for food and food for the stomach. Exactly. That would do away with both one yes. and the other. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the Lord is for the body. Mm -hmm. The body yes. is for the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And it's not just talking about sin there. Yes. You, when you start looking at yeah. the horns. Yes. Okay. Whoever feeds... Okay, so uh, my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. That's a really good little scripture to memorize, by the way. Can you say that again? My flesh is true food. It's real food. My blood is true and real drink. This needs to connect with everything we eat and everything we drink in your normal lives. Once, you're, once you get to the end of the year, i got a whole bunch of clarification. Whoever feeds on my flesh, again, that feeding, gnawing, and chewing, and feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood, whoever does that abides in me, and I abide in him. So obviously this is not the natural, like, hey, we're eating his body, and he's dying, and then he's like, it's kind of natural and gross and weird, like a horror movie. This is like a big, a high spiritual reality that he's, he's speaking to your spirit, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. Like, whoever feeds on my flesh, drinks my blood, abides in me, I abide in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. Yeah. This is the bread that came down from heaven. I am. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Not like the food that we eat every day that perishes and gets old and crusty and dies. Even after we eat it, it's not like that. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Okay. Good, right? Mm. Yes. Okay, now look. Do you have heaven here? I don't have a dry erase board. It's over there. Okay, let's say this is heaven. This is, this is the natural, okay? The flesh wars against the spirit. The spirit doesn't war. It just is. But the flesh wars against the spirit. Okay? Just like Satan wars against God. God ain't fighting Satan or he'd be done. I mean, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's not a contest there. Yeah. Okay? The flesh wars against the spirit. Yeah. The spirit is constant, ever increasing, ever moving forward. Right? Ever increasing faith? Are you with me here? Yes. yes. Okay, come back. Okay. Ever increasing faith. Faith to faith. Glory to glory. That's the spirit. Now what happens is heaven is spirit. Just like God is spirit. We are seated in there with him. Yeah. That feeds this. Mm. Not this feeds mm. that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to make a clear distinction of that. And we're going to be touching on this hopefully indefinitely. Yes. A lot of the church teaches this feeds this. Yeah. That's when we get caught up in what do I need to do? What do I have to do now? What do I have to do over here? What's my ministry? Da -da 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 -da. We think that somehow our, our fleshly, earthly, whatever feeds heaven. But instead, heaven feeds this. The, the, the spirit gives life to the mortal body. So good. Here it is. I don't need to eat food for my life. I'm, just, I'm, 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 I'm doing what Jesus did in front of the 5,000 people right now. Seriously. Do, am I telling you to stop eating food? No! I'm saying stop serving food. Stop looking to food to be the source of your life. There's so many scriptures. Just do a, do a, do a, um, a word search on God whose God is their belly. It's in the Bible. Yep. I want to say that kale is great. I love kale. It's beautiful. You can look at it. And look how pretty that thing is. Some snap peas. You look at the, I was a produce guy. Okay, I'm like over here. So was so was Caitlin. She actually took my spot. Um, and looking before I knew her, which is hilarious. And so um, or close to it. And so um, here it is. Like you look down the wet rack. All those like beautiful cold wet vegetables or whatever. And you got those like neon orange carrots right next to like the deep green kale and blah blah blah. Right. 
Okay, and I'm talking about stuff that you could read in any New Age magazine, and you can go to Whole Foods. It's like the Energistics Man, like the phytonutrients, bro. You know, like this is straight up. This isn't organic. This is like biodynamic organic. This is like planted by the moon cycles, and like you know, people were like singing when they picked it. And who cares? <laughs> sure, it's beautiful. It's beautiful like a painting. It's beautiful like any number of gifts that God gave us. But it's not what gives you life. And when you catch the revelation, it's not giving you life, and it's really a superfluous thing. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, then why am I all about the dietary restrictions? Oh, well, you get the symptom. Okay, don't we have a hand? Don't we have a book that talks about that? Like, <laughs> what do you do with a symptom? You create restrictives. Is is that what Jesus is saying? Hey, if you get a symptom, make sure you stop doing things that bless you and help you bond with people. Hey. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. And I don't care who GMOs what. I could care less. Yeah. Now, because I want to go back to this. This does not affect this. GMO can't touch this reality. Right. Yes. It just can't. Right. The Spirit gives life yeah. to your mortal body. You can drink deadly poisons. Right. Yeah. I don't care what genetic makeup is sitting there. And this is now the revelation of blessing your food. One more thing. And we're going to get to communion. I'm so glad I'm talking about this. Okay. It's just, I feel like, in one sense, it's not like it was uncomfortable to hold it, but it was more like, oh! And it's, 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 you know, it's like, it's like, I got to like hydrant, okay? And, um, look, please do me a favor. And, I mean, if you have to, fine. I mean, if it's just burning a hole in your conscience, okay? And this is really the point here. Your conscience is how Holy Spirit speaks to you. Period. Yeah, right. Like, I feel like I can eat that. Great. I feel like I can't eat that. Why? If you're being told you can't, that's not your conscience. That is an accusing spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Your body can't do this. Who gives life to your mortal body? Who sustains you exactly? Oh, you don't know. See, because I've been in the medical industry and there's all these different blah, blah, blah things. Okay. So you're making a list of things God can't heal. Yeah. Is that what we're doing? Are we? Because because what usually what happens is, rarely do these things line up. I'm regularly seeing sickness and disease healed. God, like I'm believing for your fullness that every single thing is possible through you. And not only that, but you're using me on a regular basis. I know that my that your spirit gives life to the mortal body. I know that these things are here, and I have complete dominion over them. But we really advocated for these sicknesses that we're here. Now, I don't mean, like, ignore sickness. Just talking to that dumb law thing again. Of course I'm not saying that. Really? Come on. This is an invitation. I'm saying that you are invited into this. And some of us love to stay in the place that we know God isn't keeping us in. But it's known. It's comfortable. It's what we've, it's what we've acclimated to. It's familiar. Um... I want to say that food and drink, that the kingdom of heaven is not food and drink. The kingdom of God is not food and drink. Right? Yeah. It's the Bible! He, yeah, he's actually jumping up and down because that wasn't even talked about in the last couple of days. It's like, but the kingdom of God is not food and drink. You know the Bible when it talks about um, those who are like clouds without rain, they're unstable in all their ways, da-da-da. One of the comma, one of the little sentences in that comma is, whose God is their belly. Interesting. Okay, now... Um, I want to say this, that um, I, we practically walked this out, okay? It's, it's not like I just read a book, got a theory, toting it. 
No, man. Like, I walked this out. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm going to receive this. Yeah. I know I'm not going to die. I mean, really? So I'm just going to receive this. And I'm just going to moment by moment, step by step, faith to faith, glory to glory, walk with you in this revelation. But I can't think of anything that hinders this. And I can't think of anything that is being hindered by this that you've already done in my life. This is only an invitation into greater freedom. That's good. The idea, well, this is unrealistic or that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, sure, that's exactly what people say when they hear grace. That's exactly what people yeah, hear yeah. when they talk about healing. That's exactly what they hear when they say that when they hear that they can get saved in the first place. Yeah. That's just your flesh. Yeah. So, and you know what? Jesus loves you anyway, no matter what the heck's going on. That's, fine. that's the beauty of it. Amen. It's the beauty of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um only probably one of you even know where that came from. Okay, so um what I want to do now is I, I want to start the process. I want to start the process. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And at first, we're all going to take bread and wine, and we're going to hold it for a while while I'm talking, and then we're going to take communion, okay? So everybody just come up and just get a piece of bread. Get, get, get gluten free. Get some. Get right. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sugar-free gravy. calories are just a great thing. It's just a, I know, it, I know it's a joke, but literally even the atmosphere, that is literally what the spirit wants to say, which is why we're mocking it. But it's still, I just want to just make sure that we, uh, you know, that, that, that spirit that, that, that fights this whole thing. And that's why it's, it's easy to mock, because it's like the spirit, that's what those nasty spirits say, right? So um, just in faith, just grab it and don't take it and just go and sit down and we're all good. So while you're doing that and you're getting it, I'm going to tell you a story. My whole life, I've had migraine headaches. My whole life. Some of you interns know, and a lot of people are close to me, you know that when I get a migraine, I'm like, okay, God's doing something. I don't mean like he wants me to have a migraine, but that was the rule. I have a migraine headache, so I know not to lay down because I, I feel like there's a, a pushback against me. To like not do the thing that is happening somewhere else in the town. And all of a sudden, whenever I have a migraine, somebody will call. Somebody will come to my house. Somebody will say, I'm having an, an emergency. I'm having this, this thing. This is, oh my goodness, this is happening. It's a time-sensitive thing that they're coming to me for support. In. What I want to say is, is that when I was out there, this guy named Kirby or whatever, he was challenging my faith. I'm going to challenge ours. I'm not worshiping this dude. Kill that one. What I'm saying is this. I was told... By the Lord, through this man, believe him for symptoms you have accepted as forever to be gone. For you in this room, believe him for symptoms that you've accepted as forever to be gone. And watch. In fact, I want to do, I want to do a little exercise. I'm going to do this exercise, okay? I want you all to close your eyes. Close your eyes. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. Open them first. I have to do this first. <laughs> Open your eyes and look at this. Open your eyes and look at this. Look at this thing. Can you picture it? I want you to picture it in your head. This, this is a little exercise. It talks about how quickly your, 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 your focus will fade. Your conscience will, your conscience will fade when it comes to all this. See this thing right here? Picture it in your head. Picture that in your head. You see it with your eyes? Okay, on the count of three, we're going to close our eyes, okay? But keep trying to picture it in your head, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. Close your eyes. 
see how all of a sudden it's harder to picture it? It's starting to go. You're trying to picture it. You're now starting to think abstract. You're thinking like, okay, what was on it? Okay, it was the color purple. Okay, there was this letters. Okay, what are letters? And it starts getting abstract. You can open your eyes. Listen, in the same way, when you try, in the same way, when you try to hold on to something that your flesh wants to hold on, when you're trying to hold on to a promise that your flesh is trying to fight, when you're trying to hold on to, you know what? I have not designed to carry this symptom. I'm not designed to carry this food allergy. I'm not designed to regularly say, oh, well, this is this is my problem, and this is the problem I have, and, and this is the thing that I have, and this is the thing I was born with. Oh, I, I had this one injury when I was this. And, and it's, we're not designed to walk in these things. We're not designed, physically designed. Spirit, the world, flesh. This does not inform this. Okay? What happened to you before, what you were born with, what you saw, seen, Tasted, smell does not inform this. This has authority over this. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, right? Okay. So now this is a this is really good news. This is this is joy giving news, which is right. So this is joy. Um. So you you can have an anointed room that's very sleepy and then coated in oil and. You know, and you're chilling, and the weight of glory is there. And, and you're like, you're in this situation, and people are, you know, all these things are happening. And I've seen people healed in those rooms. I've seen people manifest in those rooms. I've seen all sorts of stuff happen in those rooms. And then you have the glory praise room. And that's the room you walk out, and you're like, okay, dude, I don't know what just happened. This is amazing. I'm not feeling this thing. Okay. Look, we have majored in the anointed praise room. That's like the... <laughs> be lifted right okay there is nothing wrong with that but it does fight this culturally culturally not spiritually culturally and so what I want to say is is I want both I want both if you notice when I'm leading worship like I'm always like like, ah! like I'm just I'm trying to get there with an acoustic guitar <laughs> I'm trying to go to that place, you know? And, um, and whenever we, 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 whenever I pull off the guitar and we're just singing, a lot of the times, without even realizing it, we're trying to slow it down. Because we're trying to return back to moments that God has met us. Yeah. Usually in those yes. meditative places. Which is why when we're leading worship, a lot of times we want to go there too, because that's what we remember. That God has met us in those places, the, the, the quiet devotional moments that was so beautiful. And you know what? Corporately, that can get really powerful. Yeah. But we like to recreate past experiences yeah. instead of just letting God do in the moment what he's doing yeah. and make us feel yeah. uncomfortable. Yes. 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 Okay, so a lot of us have been desiring to dance yes. in here. Uh-huh. I know you knew that there was there was grace to do it when we were leading worship. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that is just going to show up more. I know that. Yes. I have no doubt in my mind that's going to show up more. I want to show up more and I want to get out of the way instead of trying to, okay, what's going to look like this? Whatever. It, it, I, I will, you will see by the fruits. I will be constantly like, okay, this this intel it goes there, okay? Um, I know that God is calling this house to peace, and it's calling this house to joy. (laughs) Simultaneously, right? Peace and joy. And and I I know that. I I have no doubt in my mind. This is a very potent situation that he's doing with us. And what it's going to do is it's going to really mess with a lot of the rules that we put up that are basically pharisaical extra rules that, that God never put into place. Thank you. It's going to mess with them, just like Jesus did. 
He loves to do it because those things hinder love and they hinder him. I mean hinder him, meaning he can do whatever he wants, but he's a gentleman. We say, we say, I want you hindered in this area. I don't mean he doesn't, he doesn't have the ability to... I mean, that's ridiculous, you know what I mean? Um, okay, one last thing, communion. When you're taking this, this isn't just a symbol. Now, I will say that up until very recently, my revelation was based on the Passover meal. It's a symbol. We're remembering what God did for us. Yeah, hallelujah. Thank you. May everything have us remember what God did for us. Do this in remembrance of me. Great. That is absolutely a solid part. In the context of the Passover, that's exactly what he's saying. When you have this meal, not when you have the bread and wine, when you yeah. sit down for the Passover, do this in remembrance of me. Doesn't that make a lot more sense? Okay. Communion over here. This is why it's been distilled. This is why the distilled communion happens in the body, in the body and blood of Christ in the in the congregation, as the church. They, Tertullian taught what we're talking, what we're teaching today. This is an early church father, and he's not the only one. He's the only one that I can remember his name because those names aren't just like Jessica and, and you know Holmes. This is like it's like some hard names to remember. But um, but like even early church fathers taught this. This is actually where the Catholic Church finally got the idea of transubstantiation. Which is that when it goes into your mouth, it turns into the literal body and blood of Christ. It doesn't. I know that, right? You're like, hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I do want to say this. That in the heavenly realm, it is. Yeah. I want you to listen to it again. In the heavenly realm, this is the literal body and blood of Christ. It's not just a metaphor. It's not just Max Licato writing an incredible book, which he writes an incredible book. I'm not, I'm not mocking the dude. I'm just saying that it's not just a beautiful metaphor to remember Jesus again. In the Spirit, you are absolutely chewing on and drinking the blood and body of Christ in the Spirit. And that is the bread that came down from heaven that will never, ever perish, even in who you are. It will just give life to your mortal bodies, right? What other possible context could you have when John the Beloved is talking in John 1 and he says, there's a reason you're sick among you. You lack taking communion. And I've, I, I, I used to say, well, that's not the actual blood and wine. That's like communion with each other. I used to teach that, but I never actually went there and looked at it. He's actually talking about this. Mike Grant... Do you remember Mike Grant? Yes. Mike Grant took communion every single day. He was he was he was speaking. He was he's the director of the of the House of Prayer, and he felt because he got he got cancer in the throat, and he's the one proclaiming the life. He's the one with his own mouth, and he got this revelation. And he started taking communion every day, and he knew he was not supposed to do surgery. He wasn't supposed to do anything. And over time, he was convinced that they had to remove his entire voice box to get to the cancer. And then it spread everywhere else, and he died. But he died joyful, totally joyful. He died blessing God and praising the Lord. But what I want to say is this. He caught this revelation. And I believe to this day that if everybody would have just trusted the situation, he would have been completely healed. We were seeing it all over the place. That whole entire stream throughout the whole United States that were doing what he was doing were fully there. And this is not about regret. But what this is about is the reality of the blood and body of Christ. And so when we take this communion, what we're actually doing is, and we're not idolizing bread and wine. That's not what's happening. This is just bread and wine. However, when you take it as communion, 
there's something in the spirit that happens. Just like, like I'm just putting my hand on this guy right here. Just a hand in the back. But when I'm praying over him to be healed, there's a whole other situation happening. Yeah. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we're spirit. This is spiritually discerned. Yes. So we're not, we're not making much of bread and, and, and juice or bread and wine. What we are doing is, in the spirit, when we take communion, we are intent. It's, a, it's, a, it's a something in the spirit that is way more powerful than just thoughts and ideas and revelations. Yes. You can't distill this into a book. And so, with this, what I want you to do is I want you to stand up. <coughs> I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think of every single thing that you can think of right now that you would be much better off if it wasn't plaguing you anymore. <laughs> and watch what happens. Watch your soul try to fight it and want to keep it. Give you every reason possible why that's impossible, why that can't happen, all this other stuff. And you know what? What I want you to do is I want you to now take all of your allegiance to that thing and all of your trust in yourself and all of that control and all that stuff. And I want you to place it onto Christ. And I want you to eat of His blood and body. I want you to partake in His body broken for you. That all would be healed. That death would be swallowed up in victory. That you would not die. You would live. You would have life in that abundantly. Faith to faith, glory to glory. And the blood. The blood. It cancels sin. That blood is poured out for our healing, for our salvation, and for fullness and newness of life. The new wine. That's why he called Holy Spirit the new wine. Holy Spirit was, was, was a, an oracle of the new wine. Some, some people back in the day in the early church even said Holy Spirit was as if the blood of Christ. He's, he's the wine. Pour it out. And so, what we're going to do right now is, um, I'm going to engage my faith. How about the rest of you? But I want you to, if, if you want if you want to do this, I just want you to just follow me in this situation. But I'm going to engage my faith. And I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna stare down those things, all those little thoughts that show up all of a sudden. It's like, you know what? Like, yeah, but what if? But what about this? And I'm going to say, shut up. I'm with the Lord. I'm no longer listening to you. Yeah. I'm with the Lord, yes. and I'm eating the blood and body of Christ. Yes. And I will not die. And by his, by what, what, this flesh can, what this flesh represents, I am healed. What happened to his body that I'm eating it now makes me whole. I'm healed in Jesus' name. So partake. <laughs> and you know, partake it with joy. Partake that thing with joy. Yes. You know what I mean? This isn't a somber situation. Yeah, this is you, this Jesus. is joy. Let joy flow in this situation. Thank you for your life, Jesus. Joy and peace. We strengthen our moral bodies. Come on, tell us who he is. In Jesus' name. You heal us, Lord. You heal us. Yes, God. You know what? Just yell out what you're being healed of. I don't even care. Glory to God. I have no more headaches.
we are not beholden to anything but life and that abundantly, Lord. That you are the giver of life. And we bless you. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. And anything that wants to fight pure, unadulterated life, life, we say right now, you have no longer any place. We will actively pursue joy. We will actively pursue peace. Belief. Belief. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Are they black? What color are they usually? Yeah? Yeah. 
Anybody else got any black amalgam fillings? Black amalgam. Black amalgam. That's black that they filled in? Like cavities and they Great. Check this, check this. Okay, and you guys, um, as far as anything else, like, um, are you feeling any pain going away, any depression leave, anything like that? I mean, headache left. Headache left and wrist healed. Fantastic. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Hey, you guys, you guys, Greta, Greta right now, she's had burning sensations in her mouth for over a year and they're going away right now. Yeah. This isn't done. This is just the beginning. 
We love you, Brian. We love you so much. You know? Where's Brian? I'm just gonna talk. We're gonna just keep on talking. Keep on talking, walking in the truth. Have you guys seen Brian? Have you guys seen Brian? Is he over here? Oh, 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 oh. Phone number two. Oh, um, Thank <laughs> you. 
Oh, oh, man, bring your dessert. Oh, I think you have to make so much. You have to make a garbage can full. I love that dessert. That's amazing. I know. I love that. So we put our balance over there on your staff. Okay, good. So we can put our names uh, on. I don't really think we're sitting <laughs> No, you don't have to. Thank you. 
Okay, so what am I doing with this? This is voting. Okay. You can either do it here or do it on the emails. I'll do it on the emails. So. I just need to. It's like a revolving pen. Seriously. For me, the danger is I can come getting what I need to get done. So I just need to figure out what that actually means. Like, it does it actually what we're actually doing. Um, so, Okay, so that's an hour and a half because it starts at six. Okay, so if we're four and a half, that then means that. I can't know who you voted for. And it's in Roseville. Which then means that I would have to bring all my clothing to get to the chair. Okay. That's fine. I just need. No, and if I do know yours is 4 30, that gives me enough time to get my actual work done. Um, yeah, the answer is no. You were playing with them. Okay, so let me play with that and then, um, and then go from there because then that, that would make. And we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it because, you know, we, there might just be parts that I can do during the day and make you finish at 4.30 or... Yeah, um, so... So... Yes, what kind of theme are you going to like, Because what is the Lord been showing you? Well, I was mostly thinking fall because James is Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I was initially thinking like fall color scheme, but I'll show you what I have on Pinterest. Okay. But that it's one of those things that... Where did you put the board? Because the thing is, is that I'm not like the most important person, so I'm not... Well, I don't want to do Okay, so let me look in there. Yeah. Can I see that cream cheese? Okay. I saw that and that's that. Do you want to try it? Do you want to try it? Yeah, right over there. Okay, we got it right. Okay. 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 What kind of do they what kind of shoes? Yeah, like, they said lots of shoes. Yeah, like, <laughs> what? And he right away like just so and then she found out from his mom. Amazing. And then his mom. Yeah. 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 Yeah
was like, I 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 was like, Okay. It's funny because I know last week when we had Megan had those kids because both of them were in Canada. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm sorry. And then Brian said he was in Canada. Who else? So go and go by themselves. And him and Caleb went after them. I don't know how to stop it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's what I was. Well, my. Okay.